Welcome to the 360T Podcast, a series that features top industry professionals offering unique insights regarding how the FX market is developing around us. Hello and welcome to the podcast with myself, Galen Stops from 360T. And today I am joined by Momchil Pojaliev, Head of Currencies at BMP Paribas Asset Management. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Now, I wanted to ask you, I've been reading in certain areas of the press that there has been some renewed discussion, perhaps even debate, around FX as an asset class at the moment. I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you consider FX to be an asset class? Okay. I've been managing FX for 20 years now, mm-hmm. and I get this question uh, you know, every three, four years okay. after spiking volatility. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like uh, you know, what happened in March. I don't think it's the relevant question okay? uh, because it depends what you mean by asset class. I think what is important about FX are three things. Number one, every institutional portfolio has significant foreign exchange exposure. Number two, you don't want to be ignoring this exposure. You want to have some policy how to manage it. And number three, the skill set to manage foreign exchange is very different than the skill set to manage equities or fixed income. And I think those are the important points. Okay. If the question is, is this an asset class, like the traditional asset class where you have expected return and volatility and you want to be investing in it, I think the answer is no, because nobody wants to invest in FX. But you have FX exposure is a byproduct from international investment. Okay. So in that view, then, is, is it less of an asset class and more of a risk exposure? Yes, it is a risk exposure, but you have to manage it differently than you're managing other asset classes. So okay. it requires unique skill set. Okay. And talking there about managing it differently. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at uh, BNP Paribas Asset Management, you offer both active and passive currency hedgings, right? Uh, yes. Okay. And absolute, absolute return currency as well. Ah, okay. So when it comes to hedging and managing currencies, do you find that after volatility such as we witnessed earlier this year, that this strengthens the case for one approach versus another? Well, it makes the case that you need to manage uh, foreign exchange actively. Because, you know, I think what people realize is that passive hedging, for example, can cause losses when the currency moves against you, especially in an environment like March. You know, you don't want to have currency policy, uh, which is causing a negative cash flow. Yeah. I think that was kind of the key realization of people. Uh, you know, the same thing happened in 2008. You know, you don't want to have a currency policy where you have to write a check especially in an environment where uh, you're facing liquidity problems as an investor and you don't want to be selling your assets at you know bad levels yeah to be able to write these checks so i think people are kind of realizing that you know active makes more sense because you know passive you know you could win a lot but you can also go against you and nobody wants to be writing cash checks in an environment like that yeah that being said though i feel like I've read a lot in the last decade about the rise of passive hedging. Do you think that there has been an increase in passive hedging? And and if so, what's kind of driven that trend? Well, I think it's the realization that 
as I was saying before, every institutional investor has a lot of foreign exchange risk. Right. And actually, this risk has been growing over the years because over the last 10 years, people have been moving more towards international investments, moving away from their home market. Yeah. So as your foreign exchange exposure is increasing, you want to deal with it. And the easiest option to do something about it is really, as a first stage, uh, do a passive hedge. So it's better than nothing. Definitely better than, you know, just ignoring it. Okay. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And do you think that in the past, or even now perhaps, there's been some confusion between active hedging and absolute return strategies in FX? Yes, totally. When you're looking to make absolute return using uh, currency strategies, essentially you don't take into account the foreign exchange exposure of the client. This is a completely independent strategy. Mm -hmm. The idea is just to generate positive return with a low correlation to other asset classes. And, you know, it's a great thing. But I think that an active hedging is something completely different. Active hedging is really to address the foreign currency exposure. So as I was saying, everybody has foreign exchange risk and they should do something about it. And active hedging is one possible solution. And that's very important. But where the confusion has been is people trying to address their foreign currency exposure with absolute return currency strategies. Okay. And that's not what they're about. Again, absolute return currency strategies don't take into account the foreign currency exposure of the client. So they cannot be used to address your foreign currency risk. I see. And from your perspective, what are the biggest challenges for institutional investors who are trying to come up and implement an effective currency management policy? I think that the biggest challenge is really that FX is not a commoditized product. You know, if you think about it, you know, let's say you want to address your international exposure to stocks and you're looking to hire an international stock manager. Yeah. First of all, you have a very large universe of managers doing that. You know, you have a pretty good understanding of how to measure what they're doing. Uh, you have a pretty good understanding of, you know, expected returns and volatility and so on. When you're trying to address your foreign currency exposure, first, there are very few currency managers probably less than 20. So the universe is very small. Yeah. Then the second problem is actually very difficult to compare the result of the managers because every foreign currency client could be different, especially when you're talking about active hedging. I mean, really the policy will depend on the specifics of the portfolio, which means that the base currency, for example, matter a lot. So how do you compare, for example, somebody who is managing active hedging for Canadian clients with somebody who is managing, you know, active hedging for US dollar banks? Right. right. It's very difficult to compare the return streams. So I think there is a lot of confusion and this is part of the change. You cannot go the traditional route of manager selection when you're thinking about what to do. That's probably the hardest challenge from my point of view. Interesting. And one thing I wanted to particularly ask you about today was kind of some liquidity trends in FX. I, I was curious, from your perspective, what was FX liquidity like during the recent volatility? And what is it like in comparison now? Obviously, uh, liquidity was less good. But, you yeah. know, I want to stress out that the foreign exchange market was uh, operating every day. So, you know, it was possible to transact. 
Yeah. And that's actually one of the advantage of investing in FX, really either you know doing active hedging or doing absolute return currency strategy. It's a market which you know the managed should be able to make money and protect you when liquidity dries up in other markets. Uh, yeah. you know, some other markets were completely frozen and you couldn't do anything. So Yes, I mean, you know, transaction costs were a little higher in March, but nothing to cry about. Really, just a little bit higher than, than usual. And, you know, now almost everything is back to normal. Okay. But just again, I think what the episode highlights, and, you know, it happens over and over, like 2008, the other period in mind when, you know, VIX went to 80, so volatility spiked up a lot. You know, foreign exchange market actually is a market which is functioning quite mm-hmm. well during the period of enormous market stress. So you could use it as a hedge. For example, you know, you could do foreign exchange investments to protect mm-hmm. yourself from sell-off in asset classes. That's quite useful in, in a market like that. Ah, okay. And then thinking kind of slightly more broadly here, I mean, how have the conversations that you're having with institutional investors around currency hedging and around currency management changed in recent years, or, or have they even changed? Well, you know, people were very happy to have currency policy this year specifically yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it was very, very, very beneficial for them, uh, especially in March. You know, we, we were able to generate quite a lot of positive cash flow and capital gains. So especially in, in an environment where all your other investments virtually are losing money, it's quite good to have. You know, and I've seen that not just now. I mean, every time when there is an episode of, you know, of a big volatility and turbulence, especially in global stock market, FX typically does well. And that's where you have an increased interest towards foreign exchange strategies. Well, Momchil, that was everything I wanted to ask you today. Thank you very much for those insights. I uh, greatly appreciate it. Sure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you and take care. Thank you for listening to the 360T Podcast. Check the 360T website to catch up on past episodes and find new listings. 